Josh, there is a ton that I want to break into in this discussion. Uh, but just like every other discussion I have, I want to start with you telling me what your franchise story is. How do you even get to franchising? Uh, and then as, as you answer that, tell me what your perceptions were of franchising, how this would go and how things have gone so far. I never thought I'd be franchising. <laughs> 2005, when I started the Joshua Tree Experts journey, you know, I'll be honest with you, Nick, you know, I wanted to get to like a seven to 10 person company, just kind of like flow through that. I knew what kind of money I could make at that. But I'm a very challenging person. So I like to build teams. I've noticed over the years, I like to grow business over the years, which I'm having a lot of fun doing. Um, and franchising is a way different business than offering treat care, lawn care and pest control to a consumer uh, business. Uh, a lot of difference in, uh, in investing. Uh, your partnerships, who you're getting, you know, who you're getting in bed with <laughs> is, is, is a big deal. So uh, to say where I am today and uh, where I was going to be 2005, man, I just never thought it was going to be it. So uh, I'm very fortunate to uh, to be here. So you make the decision to franchise. It, it comes to fruition. Um, what was your, how did your dream shift at that point? You, you've, you've made the investment into franchising. You're going through that process. The, the dream changes from, Hey, I wanted 10 people. And obviously you already had a much larger company at that point, but yeah. how does the dream change at that point? I think it was just opportunity. You know, I, I have a really good leadership team here and I got really good employees and you know, everybody wants to grow. I always said, Hey man, if you're not growing your business, it's always hard to take people internally and continue to move them up. I have a, I really, I'm very, very strong at employee retention. I really do. I think that that says a lot about a business uh, on how well a business is run, how well the founder is treating uh, their people. So retention has always been big to me, but I always thought, hey, with retention, you've got to continue to give opportunity. If you're stuck in one spot and you have no room for growth, what's the excitement of being there, right? So it was really building that leadership team that allowed me to really kind of remove myself from this corporate owned location to go pursue something else. It wasn't a, a Josh Malik decision. And I say that highly it was, but I also talked to my team and said, hey, here's where I'd like to take this company. Here's the vision of what I want to do. This is how you play a role in it. This is how the rest of the company plays a role in it. So uh, it was opportunity and I want to make more money. You know, everyone like, you know, they always have all these other, you know, you know, reasons for wanting to grow. I want to make more money is what I want to do. So it was another avenue to do that. Um, Funding my business can be very expensive. We're very equipment heavy, chippers, trucks, spray trucks, sales cars, right? Yeah, you can put a lot of money into it. And we did this. We are we opened a second corporate location and it cost a lot of money to do that. Why not be able to fuel other people's money to be able to grow the system where, hey, they can make money off of that, right? It's an investment to them that they're putting in out and we can grow together. We become partners together. But hey, I make more money. They're making more money. The more I can help them grow and learn this industry, the better they can do. Hey, ultimately, it's the better that I can do also. Uh, and I think franchisees make better managers than a corporate manager. I think statistically, it actually shows they got some skin in the game, right? So they're going to grow that that unit the best that they can. Um, and I love supporting. I love mentoring. Uh, I really love guiding and coaching people. So I think it all kind of really, and I love the travel. 
I do. I love to move around and uh, go visit different places. And uh, listen, man, I, I'm, I'm a challenge type person. I love uh, there's nothing that's going to knock me down. Seriously, and 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 maybe it does, but guess what? I get I continue to get right back up. There's nothing that's gonna I should say maybe keep me down. Um, I love getting mountains and, and climbing over them and just continuing to move forward. So does a dream now? I, I totally understand on the people side, which I, I do want to unpack some of that. But the dream, obviously, you said I, I did this partly to to make more money and in exchange make more money for other other people. Do you think about how do we continue to make the business grow fatter or how do we grow in adding units? And when you're thinking of this term franchise, like in your head, are you like, boy, I want to have a thousand units in the next five years? Like where does that mindset shift before you go through the first two years of doing this? Oh man, that's a big question, dude. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm, I'm definitely more of let's, let's crawl a little bit. Let's learn this industry because it's definitely new, right? And it's, you know, it's it's expensive. You want a franchise, you got to have, you got to be back with some money. It takes a lot in marketing. It takes a lot in uh, growing that team, right? Because, you know, if you're kind of forward investing, we have a team that's really dedicated to franchising. Um, and if you don't have franchise sales and you're not bringing in, you know, royalty and, you know, additional fees to keep them in, you know, you're, whatever we make at corporate right now, that's what's fueling this business. So we got to know that, you know, we're on point to be able to say, hey, we want to hit 35 units over two years. Here's our plan to do it. Here's the people that are going to do that. Uh, to say, you know, what do I want to get to in a certain point? Man, I, I know I don't want to stop. You know what I mean? I know that. I don't have any, um, I got family in this business. Um, I got a lot invested into it. They have a lot invested. I have four family members. We are definitely a very family oriented business. I want to have something that they can continue to grow. You know, I'm, you know, I'm pushing 50. I don't want to be in, in business and you know, I got a lot of years left in me, but I also get to the point, you know, 10, 15 years down the road. Hey, I want to have something for them that they can have a legacy and they can continue, continue to grow. They can continue to be challenged because they're very bright minded. Uh, and, you know, they got a lot of energy just like I do. If you had to use a word to describe your first two years in franchising, what word would you use? Eye-opening. It's definitely different than what I thought it was going to be. I did a lot of research before before I decided to franchise. And there's some things that, you know, going back, I would definitely do a lot different right now. Well, I mean, look, I mean, I think this is part of the challenge for an emerging franchisor. Now, look, you're you're a properly capitalized business. So you have an asset that other emerging franchisors don't have, where they are really taking a a chip in a seat at the at the crap table, hoping to actually take off and parlay it into something great. You at least had some financial backing behind you. But a, a bigger challenge is where's the form of education to set your expectations the right way so that you're, you're not listening to hearsay. You're actually looking at fact-based data, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, you know, my education, I'm going to say right now, dude, it's just working hard, right? It's like, you know, if you want if you want to do something and you just want to be successful, you get, I'm a very, <laughs> very risky. <laughs> and I think business owners need to take a lot of risk. You know that as a business owner, uh, you have to be able to put yourself out there and then 
you need to you need to have confidence, which I, I which I have no issue having confidence also. Um, but man, it's like yo, you just got to have drive, right? You got to be able to predict short term, predict long term. Um, you know, there's a I think there's like three types of people: those people that you know want to make things happen, watch things happen, and those that wonder that happen. I make things happen, man, and I love having that attitude and the confidence to say, hey. I can make it happen and having the team behind you that want to do that, right? Having like-minded people that want to do that with the type of franchise franchisees we want, like-minded people that are just thinking like us that share the kind of same values that we do, have that growth-minded visionary asset that I have where it's like, yeah, we can do this together and we can grow the system. How did you build this, this team that you're so respectful of? Was it, was it luck? Was it on purpose? It was probably a little bit of both uh, and maybe even some other things from the outside. Um, I said, I love, I love growing people. I do. I love to mentor. I love to coach. It's probably one of my unique abilities uh, when I take someone on and I can talk about the vision and, you know, the successes I want them to have. And I try to get people into some like leadership training skills where they can lead their departments and their people. Um, I think luck is something that we all depend on at times and and we all should should have a little bit of i'm never lucky when i go into a casino but outside of that i feel like i am pretty lucky um and i think you know making the right decisions on the right people is 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 really important you know passing up uh on people that you just you know just something just doesn't i do a lot on gut dude i do there's a lot that i do on gut feeling uh, it's it's worked well for me. It doesn't work all the time, but not all decisions, you know, business decisions work, you know, great. Um, but the majority of them uh, should, and they have done, and I've done a lot of that on our gut. My people are my leadership team have been with me a long time. They've they've seen us through our our highest points in business. You know, a lot of people think business and franchising is like, hey, let me just throw some money at it, right? I never thought that being a treat care owner was going to make me the lifestyle that I made. Okay, I just never thought that it was um, having people come through my door that believe in this business and believe in me and letting them have a very high role within this business has proved to be very, very good for all of us. Yeah, I mean, you you and I have a lot of offline discussions about this, and I, I do think one, when you start building up a team where the team continues to protect the business uh, ends up building something that is quite special that even if franchising never took off for you, you've already built a tremendous success in a, in a business category and have helped others drive success for themselves too. Um, but, you know, I, I think the protection of that core will ultimately impact franchisees too, because they're going to see like, there's, there's an army behind me. Um, and we've talked about this. It, it took you a little bit of time to get the franchise side going. And, and now it's a slow, slow rolling snowball down the hill, but it's starting to starting to move. Um, and I think people, process, culture, all of the things end up being deeply valuable that once you align someone to the business model, you win. Now, I do think and, and I've said this to you before, um, I don't know that the widget matters and th th therefore like unfortunately unfortunately you play in tree tree care uh which as a franchise category doesn't have a ton of brands in it it's not like a yeah. burger burger concept 
And if people buy into your entrepreneurial mindset, then that's what they're buying into. Because I would argue you could take you and your team and you guys could go, go open up an ice cream shop tomorrow and you would all you would find success in that. I don't I don't know that the widget matters. Yeah, listen, who wakes up saying, "Hey, I, I want to be a, a tree care expert," <laughs> right? And in in all honesty, not a lot of people think probably this industry or this market can can really give you a, a lifestyle that's way different than the one that you have right now, um, and make you the type of money that I know it can make you because it's done it for me, right? It's done it for a lot of tree care owners. And you're just not there. And, and, and I agree with you. Like, so my leadership team, what's great about my leadership team and how they can relate to a franchisee is, yo, they really don't come with all of this tree care knowledge. They don't come with all this lawn care knowledge, right? And pest control knowledge. What they come with knowledge is are in driving business practices, developing processes and systems, right? And believing in the better good of the company. They believe in the visionary, which is me. And they're all kick-ass people, to be honest with you, man. They, they work their butts off. They work their tails off. And they stay committed. They don't flip and flop. They're like, hey, we're doing this. This is what's going to – this is what's best for the company. And that is portrayed from the very top all the way down. You recently signed your first franchisee as a team. Oh! Yeah, there you go. As, as a team – did they did they get a chance to pinch themselves too and know like your collective all of your collective effort brought yeah. in number one? Yeah, yeah, they all know it too, man. We talk about it all the time. We have a weekly leadership uh, team meeting that we do, and we all celebrated. We all celebrated. That was a huge win for everybody. Every single person worked hard on getting a new franchisee. It wasn't just the founder or me. It wasn't just um my integrator it was every single person on that team worked hard every single week we were having meetings we were putting you know it's hard when it's a slow ball like you said man you know it takes a while for that chain to 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 just continue to go and and move right so it's when when that's happening nick in any leadership team and you're not seeing you're not seeing results immediately from all your hard work that can become discouraging it can. I'm, I'm a I'm a very quick decision. Very. I want to see things happen right away. And that's probably, probably was one of the hardest things for me. But for the whole team, when it's like, man, we've been at it for six months. We've been at it for nine months. We've been at it for a year. It's like, I can't believe that we didn't get a sale yet. But they're continuing to push. They're continuing to drive. They're continuing to be engaged. They're continuing to to have all of these different ideas on how we can get our first one and what we can be doing preparing for that first one, that second one, that fifth one, the 10th one, right? Because during this whole time, it's like, hey, we're not just focused on a franchise sale. We're focusing on how are we going to support that person once we make a sale? How are we going to develop our vendor relationships? How are we going to have our supplies in place? What about our marketing plan? How are we going to get the, How are we going to set them up for success? Because a lot of these meetings and a lot of these efforts are all about how are we going to make them successful? Yeah, I think that's that's part of the magic. I mean, like as you were saying saying that with with your team and trying to set expectations. I mean, I look outside, I can see see trees. I'm sure those trees, for them to get to this size, could be ten years, fifteen years, a hundred years. Yeah. And so there's there's a process, and and I think us as humans, especially in business, we want things to go fast. And frankly, in franchising and shame on franchising, I think there's there's so many like web portals that sell leads 
that we think that franchising is going to be fairly easy. But it's it's got it probably has a lot of similarities to planting a new tree that takes time. Now, if the tree has a great foundation, it's going to grow up to be a beautiful addition to wherever it, it goes. And I think franchising is very similar. And I, I keep on going back to this with you guys. Your foundation is so beautiful. And I, I, I do think an important note uh, that that even settles into some of the things you think about with your staff, that now you have two business models. You, you're like, yeah, we can accelerate you. You want to come to the table with a little bit more capital. We can show you that pathway. Or if you want to scale this or grow this, we can create this. And purely that direction is something that majority of franchisors don't think about. They think about, I need highly highly qualified, highly financially qualified individuals to buy into this. And you say, well, wait a second. I like coaching people. If I can just get you in the door with a business that is sound, but not not full boat, I'll coach you into driving success. You better listen to me, but I'll coach you. And I think this is where like all of this, the watering of your trees is going to drive something bigger than where you're at today is my, is my gut. Yeah, I hear you, man. It's like, and, and I love the different models that we offer. I got, you know, in 2005, I was, I started out of my garage. <laughs> I did. I had like a little hundred square foot office space. Um, and that was good for me. Like, I really did think like, Hey, I can do this for, for years. And, and I really knew, I knew what the, you know, I worked for someone for five years prior to opening my business. I was already in the industry for 13 years. Right. And I felt like I was doing a lot of like ownership duties. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I just want, I, I know I can do this on my own. I was making really good money. I did Nick. I had my family, all of my family. It's, it's, it's effed up, man. But yo, I look back. It's like, not one of them was like in my corner cheering me on. I was like, I'm going to start my own. They were all like, why like you're leaving such a good business like you have such good security like you are making and i was making really good money this was in 2005 i was making you know a six-figure salary at that time doing really really well for myself and people were like why are you gonna leave that i'm like because man i, I can do this on my own and i could do it better i know i i you know i had the service knowledge i i had the drive and it it wasn't even like the knowledge it's like if you got the drive right and you have the ambition and you just have that mental grit to be able to work hard. And this isn't a business. I don't think any franchise business is one where people are like, hey, I just want to do this. And I kind of want to like do it as a side gig. It's like, yo, you want to do a side gig, yo, go invest in the stock market, right? You want to make some really good money? Yo, do your research, land on a franchise that you can really pump your, your heart and soul into. And that's going to make you a really good lifestyle and make you really good money. Yeah, a few things that I, I want to comment on there. Uh, one, um, I, I once wrote a, a column called Catch the Entrepreneur Before He Catches You. And if you have someone who's entrepreneurial, who's coming to the table, who is acting like an owner, who cares passionately about the business, then it's up to the CEO of that company to recognize that and say, how do I continue to invest in this person? because they can ultimately impact the business. And frankly, you're, you were not caught. You were a missed entrepreneur, so was I. And so you look at both of our businesses on what that would have done from an impact with the other foundation, we could have done the same. We could have drove that and, and not have kept as much wealth uh, in that process. 
So I do think it's in, it, like for the mindset of a business leader, think through that, catch the entrepreneur before, before they catch you. Because if you piss off someone enough, uh, that fuel is very dangerous and they're going to go and they don't see the, the brick walls. They just plow through them, which I think that's, that's happened um, to you. And secondly, like not believing in, in someone, that's the, that's the bulk of human beings because most are afraid to jump off the, the ledge. And that goes same for franchisees. They can walk up there 50 times and they do that on your website today. They're walking up there like, did I fill out the form today? No, nope, I'm good. I'm going to, I'm going to keep thinking about this. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And you can come up with a million reasons why not to do something that the second you find the reason to do it, which it tends to be family driven more than anything. I want to build wealth for my family. But once you commit to that and you jump off, now you're in charge. And, and I think that's that's important to note. And that that's what happened in your story too. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think it's just, it, it's, it's part of who we are. I think when you have that entrepreneurial mindset and, you know, yeah, you can have someone that can take a, take advantage of that, you know, if, if they're working for you. But I think, I think a lot of times people finally leave on their own because they have someone that takes over the advantage of it. Right. Maybe they kind of step more away and have you start doing some things that, that maybe they should be doing uh, where you're becoming the visionary, mostly in small businesses, you know, that happens a lot. Um, so I think there's always opportunity there. Um, you know, I just, I always go back, Nick, and I always say, man, how fortunate I am to, to be in the spot that I am. I really did. And, you know, looking back in 2005 and over 18 years, it's like, holy smokes, we have a franchise system that's going to become a national business. I just, dude, I never dreamt it before, you know, and things that come to you throughout your career and opportunities that are knocking in front of you to, to uh, recognize them, take advantage of them is pretty freaking awesome. Is that a, is that a mental challenge inside of Josh's head too? Because you just said, I, I never thought we would be here. And so yeah. do you, do you mentally challenge with the the dream, like thinking about we're going to be national? I never thought we we're going to be here. No, man. No, I think when it hit me, um, you know, the whole part of, of franchising, it wasn't like, Hey, let's just franchise the business one day. It really, until we took the steps to franchising, it was close to two years of a process. It was really putting our mind down to it, implementing some thoughts, I used a a consultant that kind of helped me. Um, And I remember when they seen all the collateral we had, they were like blown away. And I mean that they were like, I didn't want to go national. We wanted to go regional. I'm like, I want to go within like five hours of our headquarters. Right. And they were all for that. They said, we think that is absolutely the best thing to do. They think that's the best thing to do. I worked with them for about three months. And after they seen all of our collateral and really got to know Joshua tree experts are like, I think you're holding yourself back. Yeah. We don't think that you should just support people within five hours because most franchises says, do that, get your feet wet, right? Because you still need to develop other processes and systems, right? You need to become a more mature business of a sense, right? Corporately to be able to support these people. But then they seen all the collateral. They met my team. They're like, dude, you're holding yourself back. You would definitely be, you would be doing yourself a disservice, if you only went within five hours, because with the type of support you have, the type of knowledge you have, the type of systems and processes, all the collateral you have, why can't you support someone in Florida, Georgia, Oklahoma, Colorado? You can absolutely. And we are. We will. 
All right. So foundational set, and I mean, like where my head goes to, uh, if I if I said, when do you think Five Guys was created as a brand? What would you say? When? Yeah. I don't even know. If I had to take a guess, 2008. Yeah. I mean, most people would say, and, and eight is when they were starting to hit their growth, or seven was the growth, but it's like 1984. Or 1986, one of those two. Really? Yeah, I would. Yeah, know. and you think about that, and that—that's what the consultants were able to see. It's like, wait a second, we we had you know 15 years of prep work to get up to this point. We have fallen out of out of every tree that we could possibly think of, and created a solution for this. That you have a very similar story, and I think that's important for a franchise buyer to to realize. Sometimes the word emerging or startup is behind a franchisor, but as I showed it on your website. I mean, you're you're not you're you're a startup franchisor, but you're a super established business. And when you tap into that, and like, look, there's Nick's ice cream shop that pops up today, uh, and people perceive that as sexy. Uh, but when you look at net profitability, it really isn't that that sexy, and it isn't the the most sustainable thing. And so when you find the right person, that's like, all right, I can buy in the Josh. I see the vision. I can see the structure and foundation behind it. I can see that this is not an overnight success story. I I get it, you know. And you've been through in 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 your in your history, not not only COVID, but you went through 2008 as an early business yeah. when everybody was trying to figure it out. Yeah, I remember that. It was uh, you know, that was our third year in uh, 2008, and yeah, we we still grew. <laughs> we continued to grow. We grow every year, so it's it's pretty awesome. All right. What I want to close this with is you have this ghost. They, they're watching this. They've made it this far in our discussion. They're intrigued. What do you want them to know about the business opportunity to help push them over the edge? Super scalable. Yo, do it at your own pace, right? Um, what's everybody want, you know, in a franchise? Everyone wants, they want free time. They want more time away from their corporate job, right? Listen, we were talking to franchisees yesterday on a call or a Saturday on a call. And the guys work in these crazy 70, 80 hour weeks, man. It's like, listen, this is a great opportunity, man. It's a really, it's a Monday through Friday. We're a, we're a day job. We're a service job. You're not working at nights, right? Weekends you want to work. You want to make more money, go work on the weekend. You don't have to, right? Nice. Scalable. You got three different lines of revenue coming through. You got 60% recurring revenue. This business scales on its own. Um, you know, single truck technicians can go out and make a really good, uh, you know, business for you, you know, going out and doing some service. And so um, you scale, you grow at your own pace, you start off small and you can go as big as you want, man. That's what it is. Love it. Well, Josh, we're looking forward to seeing where the story ends up. This is, this is the next stage of the next chapter. Uh, super excited that you got your first franchisee. Look forward to seeing more come through. Uh, for Josh, I'm Nick. This is another episode of Meet the Zor. Take care, everybody. Go, later. <laughs>